This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I woke up on Monday morning, I mean, boom. And normally what happens is I speak a couple times on Tuesday, I speak on Wednesday nights, and then I, Thursday morning I get along with God and I, I prepare the message for Sunday. Monday morning I woke up with an urgency, a, an overwhelming need to bring you this message. And so today I want to bring you a message entitled, Absorbed. When you get fully immersed in something, it will affect who you are. It's sort of like this. I always tell this as a joke, but it really is true. When I moved here to this community, I didn't have a southern accent. Don't laugh quite so hard, okay? But I absorbed one very quickly. Everywhere I go, I have a proclivity to pick up on the the different phrases. And and God, for whatever reason, used me to be able to be a part of a revival that sparked in Louisiana this last year. And while I'm down there, uh, I've had some neat experiences. I've tried some of the most amazing uh, cuisine that you could ever, ever think to make. When they take you to uh, Café du Monde and, 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 and they, they bring out not one beignet, but they bring out three or four orders of beignets because they heard the pastor is in the house, I want you to know... <laughs> You think you've died and went to heaven. Come on now. Amen. I mean, there's white dust flowing everywhere, all right? But uh, so we've had some neat experiences. But the other day, I had probably one of the most unique experiences. I received a video and a message this last Friday that said these words, you are now a Louisiana man, Louisiana man. And I said, okay. I watched the video and I got it more understanding of it. But you see, I was down there red fishing just recently for a little getaway, enjoying myself, having a great time out on the water. What I did not know when I arrived is that I was going to be with the people from a show I'm sure none of you have ever seen, but it's a show called Swamp People. Anybody ever? Okay. Well, I'm with the Swamp People people. And I had a great time with them. It was an amazing time. They, they were as unique, but can I tell you that the drama from that, I've watched that, the drama from that show is real. It is real. I'm out in the water with them. We're headed toward the redfish, and they see their gator lines over there. And as they see their gator lines, they see a man with their gator lines who has no business being with their gator lines. And the next thing I know, guns are coming out everywhere. (laughs) The guy with me, who some of you know, who I will not say his name, Jason, but anyways, uh, (laughs) jumps up and says, ready, watch this, jumps up and says, get him! And I'm like, forgive them. <laughs> and they're like, get them. And so we take off across the swamp. The boat just skipping across through there. The other boat's flying as fast as it can. But they've got faster boats and they corner the person into a corner. And I'm just imagining the moment. I'm like, good Lord, I'm going to die out here in the middle of a boat by the name of Revival. So <laughs> the name of the boat is Revival. I'm like, God, you brought me to die on Revival. Come on now. And I'm thinking, okay, if I jump out, I'm alligator food. If I jump in, I may, I may you know, where can I hide? I'm like, it takes a lot to hide me. <laughs> All right. 
But what I realized was I was getting the full experience, the full immersion. I know why they say you are now a Louisiana man, because I I have been on the bayou with the gators, and I've been out there catching those, those no good loaf for nothing. Come on now, you know what I'm saying? And, and I've been out there. I have been immersed or baptized in their culture. So I want to talk to you about what it means to be absorbed. You see, when you absorb something into your life, you, 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 you go into it through immersion. You, it, is, it, is, it comes into the very fabric of your being. But here's the problem. Have you ever been cleaning something? You've, you've put it down. You've immersed it in the cleaning substance. But then you allow it, uh, while it's cleaning, it gets, it gets so full of the dirt and the grime that it dilutes its ability to clean. And before long, you're no longer cleaning. You're actually just smearing around more dirt. I want you to keep that mental picture for just, just a moment because you have to understand that to be absorbed, to have something in your life means you're fully engaged with it, that it, it consumes who you are. Now, this weekend, we celebrate a, a Jewish holiday, and Ray always does such an amazing job teaching on that. I, I'm not going to even attempt that at this point in this message, but, but I want you to understand one of the ways you greet each other is that you say, may you be sealed or may you always remain in the book of life. May you always keep your name in the book of life. And so I want to talk to you about what it means to get your name in the book of life and to be absorbed by the presence and the power of God, to have it into you, who you are, and you be, it becomes a part of who you are, and you become a part of who he is. There's a scripture that says something like that. It says that, that he is in us and we are in him. Now, to understand this, we're going to go to John chapter 3, verse number 16. And, and I want you to understand this is the, the gospel in a nutshell. Now, many of you did not even open your Bibles when you saw it was John three sixteen. You went, got that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to translate into the New, King, uh, New Living for you just so we can break it down just a little bit more. You'll see it's not very different. It says this, for this is how God loved the world. This is how God wants you to know that he loves you. He gave his one and only son, okay? So that everyone who believes, who what? Believes who allows themselves to become fully engaged with him. Notice this now. Believes in him will not what? Perish but have eternal life. There's that eternal life. If you want your name in the book of life forever, there's something you've got to do. You've got to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Does this sound like the gospel? Some of you are like, Pastor, this is not primary Sunday school class. We have that. We're not there yet. Now watch this. So if I believe, I will not what? Perish. If I believe, I will not what? If I believe, believe, I will not, but I will have everlasting life. Interesting. So I'm sealed in the book. Let's let's, let's break this down a little more. Let's look at each of those words. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his only son, that's whosoever believes. Now, when you believe something, it means it's more than just a, a knowledge of something. It is something that you hold dear. Now, watch what I'm about to say. This is really important because your beliefs determine your actions. 
Okay? Trying to think of somebody to pick on here. All right, Marcus, you're right on the front. Now just stay where you're at because you need to be right within arm's reach of her when I say what I'm about to say. Okay? And Marcus, I know you've never believed something that you misunderstood, but that it would cause you to ever treat her in any way other than the wonderful queen of your home that she is. You, I'm seeing a little resistance here. Okay. I know that you've never had the wrong belief about what she was trying to say, so it didn't control your actions, and her to have to explain to you why you better change your actions and you better get a new belief system. Do you know what I'm talking about? Actually, that's never happened, right? No, never happened. If you could just see her face. I under, thank you. You, you maybe see for a moment. See, see, the problem is sometimes you, you, you respond too quick and you don't believe the right thing. You allow an action to respond. For example, one of the best illustrations I've ever used in premarital counseling, I picked up from Les Parrott. Les, Les Parrott said this. He said, you have to learn what the person's trying to say, not what they're actually saying. He said, for example, he said, I like to take a Ritz cracker, put a little cut of cheese on that Ritz cracker, put it in the microwave for about 15, 20 seconds, let it melt down onto that and pop that out and eat that Ritz cracker. He said, I was doing that one night and it turned into one of the largest fights of our early marriage. He said, all I knew was I was preparing my rich crackers. Everything was going great. Everything was moving right along. I pop it in the microwave. As I pop it in the microwave, I hear her say as she goes by, oh, you're making cheese crackers. She went on. He said, we turned into World War III. He said, the problem was this. What I heard her say and what she said were two different things. It turns out what she said was completely different than what he heard. He heard, you're too fat, you don't need cheese on your crackers. <laughs> His belief. Put on a little weight since we got married, honey. Just stay away from those cheese crackers. His belief turned into a fight. You see, your beliefs always ch change your actions. His belief turned into a fight. What she meant was, oh, you're making some cheese crackers. Bring those over here and we'll share them together. He said, what could have ended very well ended very badly because I believed the wrong thing. Now, I want you to hear that funny story to understand that what the word is saying here is believe, which means to trust in as a truth. What you believe, what you really, really believe will determine the actions of your life. So the Bible says that God loved the world so much, that's his belief structure, that you're worth it, that he gave his, his, his only son. It determined his actions. And if your actions begin to line up with the fact that you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, it's going to change who you are to the very fabric of your being. It will make you act differently, talk differently, interact with each other differently because your belief systems are going to change the actions of your life. So whosoever believes on him should not what? 
perish. That's the next word I want you to look at. Should not perish. That if my actions begin to line up with my belief structure, that I don't have to worry about perishing. I don't have to worry about whether or not my name's in the Lamb's book of life because my belief upon Jesus Christ, whosoever believes in him, my actions are determined by my, my faith structure, determines whether or not I have to perish. And perish simply means this, to suffer death or to be lost. I don't ever have to worry about being removed from the Lamb's book of life. I don't ever have to worry about those things because, watch this now, and this is where we end up in trouble in the South because we've had a false doctrine proclaimed all across our region. We've had this doctrine that's proclaimed that says, if I ever stand up and say, okay, I believe in Jesus, and, and all of a sudden I believe in Jesus, but now I can go live like the devil all I want. Can I tell you something? You live like the devil, you end up living with the devil for eternity. I can't just get a ticket and then go away and wait for the return of Christ. I must have a belief structure that proves my beliefs by my actions. I got four of you. Let me say it this way. That if I want to live in heaven, I better act like I'm preparing for heaven. Okay, some of you are going, Pastor Don, this is so against what I've been taught in life. Well, let me just show you an example in the Bible. So the whole thing is, may your name be forever in the the book of life. Watch this, Acts chapter 8, verse number 5. So there's this deacon, this guy, he says, it says, he went down, his name was Philip, he went down to a city in Samaria, and he proclaimed the Messiah there. Who's the Messiah? Jesus. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. They're like, whoa, 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 this is different. But man, something's going on. Because when he talks, watch this, with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. And many were paralyzed or lame, and they were healed. So he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's preaching the Messiah, uh, that Jesus is the Messiah. And while he's preaching, watch this now, people are getting delivered and people are getting healed. I cannot tell you the gospel still delivers people and still heals people today. Do you understand that? Amen. But watch this. So many people's lives were getting so radically changed. I love this line. There was great joy in the city. Let me rephrase this. The gospel still heals people, still delivers people, so there's great joy in the city. Don't tell them this, but y'all are faster than that 930 crowd. That's good. I was like, joy, joy, okay? Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. And he boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this, is the, this man is rightly called the great power of God. And they followed him because they, he had amazed them for a long time with this sort of stop. He, all right, so Simon's run, run this city, but there's a problem. All of a sudden, people stop showing up listening to him because demons aren't running in his name. Matter of fact, they feel demons at his name. Watch out. They followed him because they were amazed by him. Can I tell you, if you follow a man and are amazed by a man, I don't care how good a leader he is, he's going to fail you. And I can promise you, I am an equal opportunity offender. (laughs) But your eyes better be on Jesus. But when they believed Philip, uh uh-oh, there's that word again. When they believed Philip 
as he proclaimed the good news. What's the good news? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what? Believe. Believes in him should not, what? Perish, but have everlasting. Life. Keep their name in the Lamb's book, or keep their name in the book of life. Oh, watch out here. When they believed this news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were, oh, oh, oh they believed, and then they were both men and women. So how many of you, by the definition of salvation, they got saved? Can I get an amen? amen? Acts 13. Be careful what you say amen to. Well, this man has been vilified for years, but listen to what the Bible says. Not me, the holy word of God, the holy Bible. The scripture says this, not me. Read the scripture. Simon, how do you get saved? Oh. Simon himself got saved. Simon himself got saved. Simon himself was baptized. He believed unto salvation and he publicly confessed his salvation. Oh, messing with a whole lot of Sunday school lessons here. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Real quickly, Simon himself, this is the next one. Simon himself did what? I want you to look at this word, believed. Believed. He accepted the gospel in faith, and it changed his actions enough that, watch this, some of you are going, I don't understand why, why, I mean, I prayed the prayer, but I just can't get free. It's because many of you won't take the next step. And what is the next step? Jesus says, be baptized. Listen, we'll cry all day long with sorrow for our sin, but get wet in a public place? Maybe I should just hurry. So Simon believed. His beliefs changed, which changed his actions. And he followed Philip everywhere. So notice the next word. Simon himself believed and was baptized. How then I must... What does the Bible say? That I must, I must believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, and I must declare with my mouth that God raised him from the dead. I must believe and declare. Baptism is the declaration. Okay? And then the scripture says, and he followed Philip everywhere. Do you know what that means? The actual translation that he was discipled by Philip. Okay? So he followed Philip everywhere. Philip, stand up right there where you at. Come here, come here in just a second if you would. Just, just, just down front's fine. Everybody should be able to see you're tall guy. All right, great, right there. Good, 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 good. Marcus, you're already helping. Come up, come up here. All right, Philip, why don't you start walking that way? Now, this is as practical. I didn't have a Philip in the last service. Watch this. This is awesome. So, Marcus, follow Philip. Turn around, Philip, and go the other way. Follow him, Marcus. <laughs> go the other way. Oh, stop. Act like you sneeze with your mask on. Well, that could be dirty right now, I'm telling you. All right, sorry. Uh, get him one of those, Marcus. Get him one of those things right there. I don't know what good it's going to do him, but okay, there you go. All right. I just want you to see this. Philip had a guy named Simon, sorry, Marcus, Simon, following him around, which meant where Philip went, Simon went, which meant that when Philip went to pray, Simon went to 
pray. When Philip went to lay hands on the sick, Simon went to lay hands on the sick. It means the literal translation is he was discipled by him. He went where he went. He was the first to help him set up for the meeting, fold the bulletins, clean up afterwards. He was discipled by him. Thank you, Bo. Here's the problem. Acts 8, 14 comes in the picture. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on them. Stop. Holy Spirit had not yet come on them. Who is the gift of the Holy Spirit for? Well, to quote Peter on the day of Pentecost, he said, this is for you, your children, and all who are far off who, what? Believe in Christ. So anybody who believes in Christ allows their actions to change according to their new belief structure in Jesus Christ that are now headed toward eternal life. They have a gift of the Holy Spirit to empower them to do what they could not do before, and that's change their actions. But the Bible says that they had not yet received this, even though they've been doing all these things. And so they came down, and they'd simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them. They placed what? hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the hands of the apostles, he offered them money and he said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered him, notice this, you and your money will perish. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whosoever believes shall not perish. You and your money are going to want the Phillips translation says you and your money will burn in hell together. It's because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Now, here's the part. Who does the Holy Spirit for? Whosoever believes. He said, but you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart's not right before God. Your heart's not lining up with your belief structure you're proclaiming. Uh-oh. For this... He says, repent of this wickedness and pray that the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For notice this passage, this is so important. He says, pray God can forgive you because I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Now here's the problem, folks. How did a good man like Simon, who heard the gospel and said, yes, I want it, who heard the call to baptism, and he was the first one in the waters, who was there following Philip around, helping him do ministry. How did he end up? Well, we got to go back just a little bit. Go back a few verses for me. Can you go back just a few verses for me there? Let's see. Now, verse 18 says, When Simon what? Saul. When salvation call came, Simon said, Me. When baptism time came, he jumped in the water. Me. When it came time to serve, me. But here's what you miss between verse number 13 and verse number 14. There's two years of pain. Two years of feeling like nobody else helps. 
Two years of being spit on standing beside Philip. Two years of being rejected by his family. Two years worth of failures. Two years worth of all these things that have come into his life. And somewhere the Bible says that in that two-year period that he went from being the first in the water to when it comes to the receiving of the Holy Spirit, he's standing in the back of the room watching. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. A belief structure changes your actions. And when your actions are no longer a part of your belief structure, then there's a problem because you're not really believing what you think you believe. Somewhere, the Bible says he allowed bitterness and sin to creep into his heart. Or could I say it this way? The sponge became diluted with too much junk. It became diluted with too much sin. And he needed to get back to the water of God's grace. And I'm about to finish here. I want you to get what I'm about to say. You see, the Spirit of God is absorbed through engagement. When he calls for salvation, I can honestly see this guy who's been all about himself all these years pushing other people out of the way going, I I need this, running to the altars like I've seen some of you do. When he hears about baptism, I'm going to tell you, I knew I was in trouble during the baptism revival when I had people get into fights trying to see who could get baptized. I was like, no, 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 this should not be in the churches of the living God. Get in line and behave. But I can see Simon going, hey, hey, kid, look over there. Stepping right in front of him. Because he wants so much to have his life changed. When he's helping Philip, I see it. But somewhere it all changed. Because he ends up on the back of the room, trying to think where nobody's sitting, so I can point there. That back corner, well, up there. And he's ending up in the back of the room, saying, huh, maybe I could just buy that. When you stop being engaged, you will spend your money on anything trying to put up a smoke screen about where you really are. So imagine this for a moment. He's hungry, but he's in the back of the room. Glenn, you're in the back of the room. You're going to be, you're going to be Simon for a minute. I'm going to stop picking on Marcus for a minute. Now, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What's the Bible say? That they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by the, what? The laying on of hands. You ready? Stand up. Get ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You ready? Not feeling anything? Kind of hard to feel it, right? I mean, I remember several years ago, the blow on people stuff went around the church. Remember that? You know what I was praying for? A lifesaver anointing. <laughs> Altoids presence. Come on now. Well, Glenn, I got a problem. I, I got short arms here, you know. Uh, could, you, could you come a little closer? Just a little, a little closer? Stop right there for a minute. 
Now, see, some of you want to come this far because you say, I tried. Now, the beauty of the Holy Spirit's already out there with you. But it didn't say they received as the Holy Spirit moved upon them, so they received as the they engaged in the process. And I, I just, I can't really help you from there. But you see, if you come all the way down here, I've got to warn you because God might touch your heart and people might actually see God deal with the bitterness and the sin. So some of you are afraid people look at you and say, oh, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> look, somebody might think you're a hypocrite, but I, I'll just look at them and say, you can, think, you can call me a hypocrite if you want, but I'm about to be a blood-washed child forgiven. Uh, uh, come on now. Uh, uh, that's what's about to happen. Watch this. Come, come, come a little closer. Come a little closer. Uh, right about there. All the way in the altars. Woo! Front row center. <laughs> Sorry, brother. I can't help you. But if you come just a little closer, stop worrying about what might get revealed and what's in here. Get honest about what's in here. Because your belief structure is going to change your actions. And get honest. And get ready to receive. And the Bible says, some of you are going, Pastor, what's going to happen? Is fire going to fall out of heaven? And he's helping me with an illustration right now. Of course, God wants to touch him. That's fine. But he's helping me with an illustration to simply say, you can't get it watching from a distance. I've done this three times, but I feel the Holy Ghost. You can't get this. Unless you let the power and the presence of God begin to melt that bitterness and deliver that captivity. You feel that? Jesus. 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 See, if you allow sin, bitterness to keep you watching, you're never going to have the assurance that you are in the book of life. But if you'll let God's presence melt that, tear it down, burn it out, clean you out, Everything changes. Stand with me if you want. So what do you need to do to engage? Number one, show up. Show up. Two, prepare to receive. God, here I am. I may not be perfect, but I'm here because I still believe. And I don't know what you're going to do and I don't know what it's going to look like. But all I know is when I believed, you changed me. 
When I testified to it, I've never been the same. It's like he baptized me in jet fuel, my brother said. He's like, I've not come down yet, and that's been three weeks ago. Come on now. It's, it's like, like God's still changing lives. Go figure. That, that, and then it, here's the thing. I'm not just getting it so I can feel better about myself. I'm going to pass on what I receive. So I'm going to engage in the process. Do you know why? Because he that was dead now has his name in the book of life because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Bow your heads in this place. I mean, feel Jesus. He's here. He's touching people. He's changing lives. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your hour. If you want to pray in this altar, you can feel free to come to these altars. I'm going to deal with you right where you are. I'm going to deal with those watching right where you are. And listen, they're going to raise their hand here. or You're going to simply type in prayer. Prayer. Listen to me very, very carefully. If you're here today and you say, Pastor... I need to re-engage. I need to stop watching. And I need to start pursuing God like never before. I want to see your hand in this place. Or I want you to type there online. Let me see hands all over this place. Everybody praying. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You put those down. Then maybe today, you're saying, Pastor, Bitterness has gotten a hold of my heart. Sin is holding me captive. And I want to be washed clean and I want to be delivered today. If that's you, I want to see your hand or type pray there quickly. Hold it up high, hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Thank you. Put those down. And there's one more. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I have never truly believed upon the name of Jesus Christ. My name is not in the book of life. Because I may have prayed a prayer, or maybe you've never prayed a prayer. But nothing has changed my actions. But today, everything changes because of Jesus. If that's you and nobody looking around, everybody praying, if you're online, then I just simply want you to type prayer right now. This is your way of being a part. If that's you, right where you're at, you say, today's the day I want to trust Jesus Christ with my life. Whether online or present, I want to see you respond right now. Today, I'm willing to believe upon Jesus as my Savior. Let me see your hand. Get it in the air quickly. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't walk in fear. I'm not embarrassed anybody. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm looking all around this room. Thank you. Is there another? Thank you. Is there another? We'll join these two. Are there others that will join with these two today? This is your moment. This is your time. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. Thank God for these two that have come. God's going to change them forever. I believe some that are online are responding. I'm, well, we're going to pray. I did it differently last service, but I feel to come back to this way that we normally do this. We're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're going to believe in our hearts that he has been risen from the dead. Our mouths shall confess it, and our hearts are going to change. And our actions are going to shift, and then I'm going to pray for everybody. I want you to pray with me now. Even those watching, pray with me now. Jesus, by faith, 
I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I believe and I declare that God is my Father. And I receive your grace, your forgiveness from this moment forward. Let my life belong to you. In Jesus' name, heaven is my home and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for these that have prayed that. In this service, the last service, those who are watching online, maybe those who are listening, going down the road right now, listening to Victory, Father. I thank you. Maybe those that are watching on the television stations, Lord, I thank you that, that, that they're being born again right where they are. And Lord, for everyone who's responded, seeds of bitterness are cut off at the root. Wounded hearts are healed by the grace of God. And the captive are free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then now come on, give God a mighty praise. God is so good. Amen. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.